Well, good morning. My name is Dan Hash, and I am one of those missionaries that the care team has been praying for. And so for those faithful prayers out there, thank you for standing beside uh, missionaries like us. Uh, it matters. It matters. Your prayers are having an impact. And uh, my wife, Laura, and I, Laura, where are you? Would you stand up? There she is. Say, say hi. This is Laura. Everybody say hi, Laura. So, yeah, so great. We have been serving in Poland for 25 years, and we like it there. And we're, I, you know, you know how it is when, when time goes by, you go, how did that happen? How did 25 years go by? And, and uh, we're still married, uh, we're still there in Poland. How did that happen? And uh, I, I have to tell you, we're really thankful for the place God called us to. And we're very thankful for this church that has stood behind us for so many years, sent teams out, done English camps, done all kinds of things connected with the ministry that we're a part of. And I, I really do encourage you, if, you're, if your heart is moved, you, you, you hear about these prayer teams and you go, I actually would like to be a part of something like that. Uh, contact those guys and, and jump in and be a part of that. Well, I'm going to share some things from the Word this morning, and I would really like you not to open your Bibles. I know that sounds a little weird, especially at Lakewood. Being in the Word really matters to us. We will be in the Word, and uh, but I'm going to have the, the, uh, the, the text up on the screen as we go. And uh, yep, you see it, and you've, you, you can hear the song right now, can't you? Should I stay or should I? It's happening in your, in, your, in your mind. Some of you will be singing that all morning and not even hearing what I say. Uh, I, I, I want to think about this question this morning. When we come to a, uh, a crossroads, when we come to an issue, when we come to a thing that God is working on, and we ask the question, do I do it? Do I not do it? Do I make this move? Do I not make that move? Uh, that's what I want to think about together with you this morning. Uh, and I think this is going to be an important topic for you. It is for me right now, and I really trust that God is going to lead us. But before I go there, I want to tell you a story. So this young man's name is Radek. I'm going to pull his picture up here. This is him at a, a, a being involved with basketball uh, kids. Radek is a kid. Uh, well, he's not really a kid. He's like 23 now. And he's, um, uh, he's triangular, like me, just inverted. He's like that guy with the, 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 you know, just really muscular and long hair, and uh, he looks like the true portraits of Jesus that we have, you know, with the long hair. He's that kind of a good-looking guy, and he is um, just a really fun guy to be around. Well, uh, Roddick drives for a company like DHL or something like that, the Polish equivalent of that, of that company, delivering packages, and uh, he was driving, and he, get a, he got a, a text message from his girlfriend that he had been with for six years saying those words no guy ever wants to hear, we've got to talk. So he goes over, and they sit down together, and I'll, I'll skip the painful details, but um, it was a Dear John talk. It was the end of the road for their relationship. They were freshly engaged, and it was brutal. His life had basically revolved around the possibility of marrying this young, beautiful, wonderful girl, and she stepped away, and a big part of it was because of how he viewed God in a personal way, and she said, I just, I just can't do that. Well, after that happened, this kid who was attending our new church that has been going for about four years, he started to get that sarcastic, angry edge on him. Uh, uh, he, was, he was quick, he was silver-tongued devil, and so he would just start being negative, and things would hit. He, 
He just was very difficult to be around. As a matter of fact, when it came to anything that had to do with God in the church, he just had those, that extra set of questions that basically had a clenched fist behind him. You know those questions? They sound intellectual and like you're looking for the truth, but actually it was just deep pain and frustration towards God. And uh, so myself and one of the other leaders in the church named Stepan, I'm not going to require you to say that, say that name, Stepan and I started meeting with him regularly as with a couple of other collegiates. And, uh, um, and we started with him, he started pondering the question, do I want more? Do, do, it, is there more in my life or, or, or am I basically going to just revolve around this pain? Uh, will time heal this? But also, what do I want to be true? And we asked him, do you want to meet regularly? And he said, I do. But he was skeptical. And slowly by slowly, after that decision to meet with us, we started to see a little bit of change. I'll tell you more about him in a minute. But I want to talk to you about another young man. I'm going to weave two stories together here. I'd like to talk to you about another young man, which we find in the book of Matthew chapter 19. Again, it's going to show up on the screen. I just want to legitimize that this is, this is not from some other book. It's from the Bible. And you may recognize the story. But this is Matthew chapter 19, verse 16, and it says this. Now, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me? What is good? Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which one? The man inquired. Now, uh, being involved in youth ministry for many years, that's what we do over there in, in Poland. We're working with Josiah Venture, which, which trains uh, youth leaders in, in uh, 15 different countries throughout Central and Eastern Europe. And I've been working with youth my whole life, and I love it. But if a young man would come up to me and say, uh, teacher, uh, what must I do to get eternal life? I would feel like I won the lottery. You know, like, like when you're in my, my line of work, it's like you, you're actually asking me what, yes, I'll, I would stop everything and lean in and I would be so excited. And especially if he said kind words to me like teacher or rabbi, you know, a dear pastor, what must I do to, you know, I would love that. That would be great. That just doesn't happen that often. I don't know why. But he said, what must I do? To, and, and, uh, and it just, it would feel so good. And also when he says good teacher, good teacher. You know, you feel like he's getting the butter on both sides here, you know. Good, good, good teacher. And um, uh, it's interesting, Jesus' response. Jesus says, there is only one who is good. You kind of want to get into a question of, you know, you're part of the Trinity and you actually can run with this. It's not just you, it's God the Father. He could go there, but he, he doesn't go there. He says, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments, which also seems a little erroneous. I don't want to get on Jesus too hard because he's God and I'm not. But it feels like that's going a little bit down the works track, doesn't it? Like, do the right thing and you'll be okay. So we've got lots of questions going on here. I hope, I hope if you don't, I'm, I'm starting to provoke those questions for you. And uh, let me go back to Roddick for a minute. I'm a little ADHD, but let me go back to Roddick for a minute. Roddick is... Um, sitting with us, and we decide as a small church, about 30 of us in our church, we decide this is the year that God has called us to start a youth ministry. We're mostly young families. Laura and I are in the 50-year-old-plus range right now, and we're by far the, the youngest, the oldest people in our church are 40. And so um, it's a really young group, and we don't have any teenagers yet, but our city is full of them, and our city is 38,000, and we're getting connected with our city, doing all kinds of things with them. 
And we really feel like God is calling us to start a youth ministry uh, in, our, in our church. And we sit together with these three or four or five collegiates and we say, uh, are you in? Do you want to do that with us? This was last September. They finally said yes. And Roddick was one of them. And he said yes. And, uh, but I could see as he said yes, I could see that, that questioning going in his eyes. Like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to do this? Interesting because he was a young man who had come to faith in a youth group in a church I was at previously. And uh, one night after hearing the gospel clearly presented, uh, he, uh, together with my son, uh, they got on their, their, their knees and they put his faith in Christ. And so he understands the importance as a teenager of um, meeting Christ and knowing him. They say that uh, 90% of people who put their faith in Christ do it during their teenage years. And Roderick was one of those guys. So he, he knew how important this was. Finally, he said, yes, I, I, I will do it. Well, let's get back to the story. Let's get back to the Matthew thing because I think this is important. Uh, which ones? The man inquired, which ones? The, um, Jesus replied, uh, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, you might recognize some of those things. Those come from a list of commandments called the Ten Commandments. I'm just curious, how many Ten Commandments are there altogether? Yeah. Okay, you're with me. So, so now I want you to review this list for a second, and I want you to tell me how many commandments are listed in this verse. Anybody got a number? Come on, yell it out. Let's have some fun. What's the number? Six. Six. Okay. There are Ten Commandments. Six of them are listed here. That means how many are missing? Okay, now, just for giggles, I'd like you to turn to the person next to you. Don't introduce yourself. Don't get to know them. Do that at coffee between services. Turn to them and try to come up with, one of the two of you, or three of you, try to come up with one, one of the Ten Commandments that's not on this group of commandments Jesus just listed, okay? See if you can get one. If you're really smart, you can get, uh, you can get, all, you can get all four. If you're a pastor, try to get at least two, Okay. Okay, do you see it? Like, what could that be? What did he not mention? Okay, good. Yeah, you, a lot of you got them. A lot of you got them. You're going, oh, why? Now, the question is, why did Jesus not mention the other commandments, which are pretty crucial commandments? Like, even if you, if you look back at to Jesus' words later and he puts them all into one commandment, these have not... That one didn't get caught. So why? What's going on? Uh, is Jesus like me, just forgetful, and that's all he could come up with with six at the time? It's a, it's a, it, w w is, is it a time issue, you know, that he doesn't have time to go through all ten? I think we get a clue when we see the man's response. Uh, so uh, look at the next verse. It says this. Um, all these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Now, uh, uh, that gives us a little bit of a clue of what's going on here. Um, it, uh, last night, I, I am, uh, I am, 
Laura and I are staying at the moment with uh, Neil and Kathy Galswick, and Brian and Alicia, Brian, Brian, uh, Alicia Galswick Stevens are staying there too. They've just come back from serving with Josiah Venture after living in the Czech Republic for eight years, and they uh, last night we were watching a Gators game. For those of you who don't know, it's a high school football team down in Florida, and they are um, uh, they were playing and. Uh, uh, there's Brian studied uh, at a school in Florida, and so there was a lot of cheering going, for, going on for the game. Well, Eli, his, uh, his four-year-old son, came in and, and made some comment, and he was encouraged to say, go, go Gators. And the question basically was asked him, who do you think is going to win the game? Now, when a father who has gone to a certain college asks his four-year-old son, who do you think is going to win the game, this is not actually uh, an opportunity to evaluate the situation objectively. There's one answer to that question. Right, Brian? There's one answer. And the answer was, the Gators. It's a rhetorical question. Hey, uh, 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 how? keep all the commandments. Uh, well, I've done that. What else? Should I do? Go Gators. I mean, it's just obvious. This is a rhetorical question in, that, in, the, in the man's eyes, but it's a setup. There's more going on. What else, what else should I do? He, he assumes the answer is nothing. He assumes the answer is ah, Jesus' Jesus's next response is he's going to look at the, the, the man in the eyes and say, I, I just wish we had more people like you on our team. I, I just, I'm so, we're, as the Godhead, the Father and I and the Holy Spirit, we're so fortunate to have you on the team, which, uh, which God is happy to have us on his team, but that's not what he says. He, his, his response is, uh, is quite shocking. Well, let me just uh, stop for a minute. Radek, uh, Radek in our, uh, in our youth ministry in May, we had uh, 25 Americans come out to help us reach our city. We were in all three high schools in our small town. We just uh, taught English, and we did sports, and we did music in the school. And then we would invite them in the afternoons or the, the evening to, to kind of a youth program. And we knew a lot of kids would come. It's a small town. There's not much else to do. And the first night, we had like eight kids, eight new kids, plus they're all the rest of us, eight new high school people, and we were so excited. And the next night, there were some numbers being thrown around, how many young people will come. And it was a great program, although it did start to rain in the afternoon a little bit. And as we sat there uh, 15 minutes after we were supposed to start, we looked around, and we had four kids. The numbers were going the wrong direction. Uh, it's not about numbers. Yeah, well, it felt like it that night, right? It felt like it that night. I remember uh, on Skype that all the leaders got together, and Roddick at that moment was living in my home. He used to live in our home often, but he was living in our home, and uh, we were all sitting around together, and all the other leaders were on Skype, and we're, we're, we're talking about what's gone wrong, and, and, and Roddick is coming up with all kinds of solutions. I think we should cancel the thing, and we should start doing sports programming. There was, it was like pull the panic button, right? Pull the pull the the rip cord, push the panic button, and it, wh what are we going to do? How are we going to solve this? We got to. And um, let me tell you what happened that night. That night, Roddick, together with one of our other leaders, he got they got on their knees, and they just were wrestling with this. And 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 the decision was made the next morning to carry on. And and it was um, it was one of those moments that Roddick goes, "If there are only two kids today, let it be so. Let's go, let's go." It was a key moment, but he did not, he did not want to do it. 
Now I want you to look at how this rich young ruler responds when Jesus says, uh, uh, keep all the commandments. He says this oh, on the next slide there. Uh, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. Just let that sink in for a minute. Boom. You want to negotiate for the guy? Do you want to give him a, a little bit of a break? Jesus seemed excessively harsh on this guy. What's, what's going on? Why? Why? Why be so mean? Mm. Jesus is after something really big here. This is actually a very, very kind statement. I want to... Um, I want to read you how the man responds. It, it's, it's quite shocking. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. When the young man heard this, Jesus' question, he, walks, he went away sad because he had great wealth. He had great wealth, it says. He had great wealth. He wasn't just theoretically or virtually rich. This guy had the goods. Secondly, he was sad. Was it good that he was sad? Or was it bad that he was sad? Was that good sadness or bad sadness? He was sad, and he had come to Jesus, and he had asked for something. And Jesus said, this is the next step. And he was so excited because the momentum was all going in his direction. And all of a sudden, uh, he gets thrown a curveball. He went away sad. Because he had great wealth. Well, um, I, 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 I want to just push a couple of really strong facts at you that come out of this story. And um, we're Americans, so we love facts. And so I want to I make these really, really straight. And uh, I want you to listen with your heart, not just your head here. So here we go. Number one, he had to choose. Jesus made him. He had to choose. Jesus made him. Some of us spend our time being a road sign on the side of the road, giving people information that encourage them to make a right choice. Jesus stood right in the middle of the road and said, go left or go right. You have to choose. And, and hear me on this. That was kind. That was really kind of Jesus. Uh, <coughs> second thing, this is the reality. He chose and he went away. He chose and he went away. Now that should bother you. But let me tell you the good news on this. It just reminds us once again that we all have free will. God does not make us. He doesn't make you. He doesn't grab your arm and pull it behind your back. Oh, yes, you will. Oh, yes, you will vote for the Gators. He doesn't do that. He, he, he lets us choose. You know, he lets us choose. So there's good news. But he chose. He chose, and he went away. He walked away. That is part of our reality. What? What? That is, <laughs> that is living in freedom. We can choose to walk away. There's something good about it, but there's something really bad about it. The next thing, he got what he most wanted, his wealth. He got what he most wanted, his wealth. I have a... Uh, I have a 1976 Volkswagen van. I love that van. 
I, it's a, I, I used to use it for ministry, but now it's been restored, and it's a hobby, and I drive it around, and it's just really cool. I don't see any of those up here, nothing but pickups. I just do not understand. But in my world, Volkswagen vans are cool. And uh, I, I, I also have a 10-year-old Labradoodle named Zoe. And uh, uh, I want you to imagine for a minute that somebody burst into my living room holding my Labradoodle in his arms with a gun pointed to my dog's head. And he said to me, okay, at this point, he said, you either give me right now the key to your van or the dog's a goner. What would I do? I, I, I would have a choice at this point. And um, my choice would indicate something really crucial. My choice would indicate what I value most. What I value most. And I, I, I would really miss that dog. I really would. I'm sorry. I, I would really miss that. Now, now if, if the same man stood behind my wife with a pistol and said, either your wife or your van, I wouldn't even pray about it. I would, he, would, he would be the owner of a, of a Volkswagen van. He would have it. Because, here's why. Because a thing is only worth what you're willing to give up to attain it. A thing is only worth what you're willing to give up to attain it. Do, do, do you see it? That, that, that's, why, that's why one of the things God, is, Jesus is really good at, is he's going, okay, you got this and you got this. What do you want more? It's not that God is against Volkswagen vans or Labradoodles or even wives. It's, gotten, it's, about, it's about what do you, what is valuable to you. That is what's going on. That is what's going on for him. Are you... Is this getting a little close to home? I hope so. I wonder what, what things, what Labradoodles and Volkswagen vans are you, are you pondering right now? You're trying to ignore, but what, what is it for you that's this or that? I, I'm not just thinking about our, our, uh, our cumulative choices, you and me and all the general, but for you specifically, where is the battle going on for you between this and this, and again, God is not anti. He is about um, He is about you and what is most important for you. Which we, so uh, try to form it into a question. What would it sound like? Would it sound like something like, "Am I done serving? Should I stay or should I go? Am I done serving? Am I done giving what needs to be given in this church? Or what about have I forgiven her enough?" yet. See? Where where is it rubbing for you? I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if it's in here it comes worth it. And in enthusiasm we say, teacher, what else must I do to to, to get eternal life? What else do you want from me, God? And he says this, you go, oh yeah, yeah." and we we walk away sad because we got exactly what we wanted. But we know it's not what we really want. Okay, so uh, here's a picture of Roddick again. And uh, uh, Roddick uh, came to us on Sunday. A, a whole bunch of kids turned out for the meeting. Roddick shared his testimony. And normally when Roddick shares his testimony, he goes like this. 
He kisses his muscles three or four times a day. And there was just very little muscle kissing going on that day. He shared his testimony. People responded to, to, to what he was saying. It was just fantastic. A couple days later, Roddick comes up, and he's pacing the floor, and he, he says to me and Stepan, I have to talk to you guys. I have to talk to you guys. And he was just perspiring, pacing the floor, and, and teary, and he, he stopped, and he says, God has told me I need to quit my job and start leading these youth full time. And we, and we couldn't believe it. And it's what, we had, it's what we had prayed for, that God would do something in his life. Didn't know it would be that radical. And for the next three or four hours, we just, next, next 20 minutes for sure, but then after that, we were just praising God. It was, a, it was a crossroads in his life. And he did not walk away sad, even though he had great wealth. He stayed there. There was never a discussion about how he's going to pay the bills. It's not like we're going to hire him. In Poland, we don't hire youth pastors, you know. That's not how, that's not how it works. It's the volunteers. We're training guys who are volunteers. We didn't know. Roddick didn't know. That whole day, there was never a discussion about, okay, so that means, and how are you going to, and where are you going to live? You know why? That would have been unnecessary at that point. When you say yes to God, those things come later. If that's where you go first, hey, what's your, uh, what's your retirement plan? I'm just curious. Is it church? You know, nothing like that. None of those questions. Uh, God's been kind, and some people chipped in, and we've got $400 a month for Roddick. And, uh, and he is um, he's starting, I think, on sun, uh, Monday, tomorrow. And um, uh, I'm so excited about this step he's just taking. Is he done now? No. Will it be easy? No. Uh, uh, I, 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 th- um, one of the uh, people that we work with in Central and Eastern Europe, the director of our organization, a gal I, I grew up with, she wrote a book called No Less Than Yes. This is a story of uh, Josiah Venture. But I just want you to notice the title. That's all I'm interested in this morning. No Less Than Yes. Isn't that a great title? Remember that. That is what God is looking for from you and from me is no less than yes. But the question is, what is he going to point the pistol at? What is he going to put, uh, 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 on the, on the, ask you to put on the altar and say yes to? Now, uh, it's, it's, it's great obedience and it's, it's shocking. Look at, to how the, uh, look at how the disciples respond. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, with God all things are possible. If right now what you're thinking in your mind feels impossible, God, if I say yes to do, I don't know, I don't know, then you're probably in close. Then you're probably in the right zone, right? If you can make a true act of obedience that requires no, no action from God, my guess is he's going to want more from you. Because that is his business. His business is building relationship between me and him. I, 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 he wants me to look back over my week and go, I couldn't have done that without him. I couldn't have done that without him. That's how we roll as believers, you guys. This is it. This is what it's about in Poland and in Brainerd. This is, this is the story of being a Christ follower, of being a disciple, of being his. Okay, I got a couple really practical things for you at the end. I'm, I'm dabbling. I know that. I know. I know. I'm trying to be nice, Minnesota nice. but I, it's Okay, so here's a couple things, all right? Really practical. Number one, uh, you are not exempt from the battle for your heart just because you said yes to him before. 
Praise God for what you said yes to him before. Praise God for how he's done something in your life. But if your potent testimony about saying yes to God is five years ago, that dog don't hunt, you know? What, what is it today? What, what does he want from you today? Where's the battle today? I'm so glad that you said yes. So build on that and say yes again and say yes again. Where does he want you to say yes right now? I, I, I know, I know I'm pushing here. L- l- let's talk about God for a minute. That brings me to the next one. Your loving God, loving God will do battle against his closest competition in your life. Your loving God is going to do battle against his closest competition in your life. That's, that's, uh, what's your favorite idol that's just about to get attacked? Because God loves you so very much, and he doesn't want to leave you sitting at the foot of an idol. Uh, even if it's a good thing, when it becomes an idol, it becomes a bad thing. And that leads me to the last thing of these three. Selling all you have for God, it's never really about the money. My sermon this morning has nothing to do, very little to do with money. Although it could. could be a van. It's, a, it's, it's um, you know, <laughs> so if you're poor this morning or if, treat yourself as poor, you're thinking, hey, I get off easy on this sermon. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's about what you and I substitute that touches me at a deep place that is meant only for the living God. That's where the battle is. That's where the battle is. Okay. This is not normal uh, at Lakewood, I've heard. This is how we do it in my church at home. I know I'm going to ask you to do something uncomfortable. Trust me, it's okay. You can totally ignore me if you want to. I would like you to turn to the person next to you. You don't have to know them, or three. And I would like you to be gutsy, be courageous here, and answer one of two questions. The top one is a little easier. That's fine. Or the bottom one is a little harder. That would be better, but either one's fine. And here they are. What is the most important thing you have heard or thought today? What might you, will you, have to release your grip on today in order to say yes to God? Would you turn to the person next to you, think for a minute, and venture an answer at one of those two questions? This is important, so I encourage you to be courageous and uh, talk about what's going on in your heart. It's not about what they hear. I don't care what they hear. It's about what you say, okay? So uncomfortably, would you turn to the people next to you, pull somebody in who's around you, and you've got, uh, you got a minute and a half. Go. Okay. Um, ironically, ironically, there is a high, high chance that the thing that you will most remember from this morning is what you just said to the person or what was just going through your mind that you wished you would have said. That, that's the thing you will most remember because most likely the thing that, that, that God wants to do business on that, that is rubbing up against is the very thing that's, that, that's going on in your mind. And, and uh, uh, make the hard step. It's, it's, it's worth it. You can walk away with great wealth, but you will walk away sad because if you have a relationship with God and you're a new creature, you are made to have only one on the throne, him. That's how you, that's the essence of how you've been re- rewired. You're a new creature. So don't expect it to feel good when you walk away with great whatever. Well, it's, it, it's a battle. Let's do battle this week. 
Let's, let's pay the price. You guys, it's worth it. It's worth it. 25 years. I, I, I want to show you one picture at the end. This is a, a youth meeting night before last. I'm not there. I'm here. Uh, there's, there's no, there's, there's one or two new believers in our youth ministry. The other 30 that you see in this picture are coming regularly every week. And uh, uh, Roddick is, right now he's, he's really enjoying seeing what God is doing. This is actually in his yard at the house that God just allowed him to rent together with two other young co collegiates. Uh, often fruit comes after obedience. Not always, but often fruit comes after obedience. Assume that. God is in control of that too. God is in control of that too. It, here it comes. It is worth it to say yes to God. It is always worth it. It is always worth it. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Oh, Father, there's a battle going on in our hearts right now. And we want you most of all. Do everything in your power and help us do in our power everything we can to not walk away sad, to hold on to what we already have. But God, we're looking to you. We, we want more. We want more from you. We want you to call us to more. We're dependent on you. Do your good work in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>